We are loaded up heading into an enormous football weekend plus the return of Steph Curry jam-packed today on Get Up and we come to you live in hour number two as always from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Look at the team we put together today. Kmart, D. Wood, Dominique Foxworth, Chris Canty. We are ready to roll and we're already looking ahead to the monster matchup Monday night. Cowboys Bucks in Tampa with everything imaginable at stake. Dallas has lost each of its last eight road playoff games that dates back to the 94 season. It's time for the second longest postseason road losing streak in the history of the NFL. Meanwhile, Tom Brady facing the Cowboys in the playoffs for the first time. But they have met seven times before, and Brady is 7-0 against Dallas. That's his best record against anybody. And then there's Mike McCarthy. Is he coaching for his job? Well, he's the first coach to take Dallas to the playoffs in consecutive seasons since Chan Gailey in 98 and 99. Gailey was fired after the second of those visits, which were both ones and dones. So should McCarthy be expecting the same fate? Here's Jerry Jones. Could anything happen in this playoff game Monday that could put Mike McCarthy's job status in question for next year? No. I don't even want to. Uh, no. That's it. I, I don't need to go into all the pluses or minuses, but we're not basing. I've got a lot more to evaluate Mike McCarthy on than this playoff game. That's a definitive what? What? answer. Jerry Jones says no. What? Kmart, that's a definitive answer. They asked him a question. He said no. Do you believe him? Every morning, Dominique walks in here Uh-oh. and says, how do I look? And I lie right to his face. I say, wow. yeah, you look great. Oh. I'm not telling him the truth. I, I, I'm telling him what he wants to hear. I'm saying, what would help me in this exact moment get out of this question? Oh, you look great. You look outstanding, Dominique. You it's know, the same thing. You know, you know how we know you lying? Because everybody knows that I know I look great. <laughs> At no point in my life have I ever asked anybody how I look. I wake up feeling fantastic. And Jerry Jones feels the same way about his bank account, but he does not feel that way about the coach. The more I listen to the quote, right? the less confidence I have in him because he said no and started to explain and then just stopped mid-sense. <laughs> no! Like, right it was, yeah, it made, I was, if you look back at the Jason Garrett years, that suggests that Jerry Jones is going to stick by his coach. But he seems a little bit uneasy and uncomfortable. When you hear him talk about Dak, when you hear him talk about McCarthy, the, the like, just... Uh, certainty that he normally has in his voice, it's not there. He can't even get to the end of his sentence. Fair, but I will say he gave a direct answer. They said, is he coaching for his job? And Jerry Jones said, no. Chris Canty, do you believe him? No, you can't trust a guy that says one plus one equal three. You can't buy into that. But beyond that, we saw the history with Jerry Jones, how he treated Chan Gailey, and we're talking about Mike McCarthy being in his third year. Jerry Jones touted Mike McCarthy as the guy that was going to give him over the hump, and the big selling point was he had a Super Bowl ring on his resume. But, guys, it's been a long time since that 2010 season. I mean, a long time. And if you're looking at the trends of coaches that make Super Bowl appearances since 2015, we've seen a coach in every single Super Bowl that within his first three seasons with the team has gotten to the big game. 2015, Gary Kubiak. 2016, Dan Quinn. 2017, Doug Peterson. 2018, Sean McVay. 2019, you had your boy Kyle Shanahan. 2020, Bruce Arians. Last year, Zach Taylor. Hey, 
Hey man, Mike McCarthy, you want that? I see the numbers. I see the numbers. Right now, the best the best thing that Mike McCarthy has done outside of the back-to-back winning seasons is shepherding the team in a five-game stretch where he didn't have Dak Prescott this year and they went 4-1. That's the best thing he's done. That's it. It's got to be more than that. We can't all of a sudden move the goalposts and say, oh, because he's a good coach, we can't fire him. No, it's a results-driven business. If you don't get to the big game, then I can fire you. What else would you evaluate him on? Well, I mean, he's won games in the regular season, and th- that is a reasonable right, no, standard of measure. Right, he's won but 24 games the last two years. No, I, I think you're right. Obviously, you're right. But I'm saying in Dallas, mm. reasonable is not the word. Everything is heightened in Dallas. So if you're telling me, oh, well, he had a good regular season, that is not enough. All right, then I'm going to ask, I'm going to change the goalposts. I'm going to move the goalposts on D. Wood. This is not a question we were planning, but you just made me think of it. And D. Wood, you said that you're feeling exhausted this morning, so I'm going to make you even more tired. (laughs) If you were making the decisions and they lose Monday night and they don't look good doing it, would you change coaches? Yes. You would? Yes. It's time for that change. You see how he didn't have to Like, yeah, I mean, this is, it, it's just, it's real <laughs> simple to me. Why keep going with the status quo? The status quo is, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do well in the, in, the, in, the, in the regular season, but then, you know, wet the bed in the postseason. We've seen that. We've seen this remix time and time and time again. Okay, I want when I hear a remix, I want, want something fresh, fresh and popping. Hey, I want something fresh, fresh and popping. I don't, want, I don't need to. I don't need to hear the same old, same old. I need something new. Okay, oh, so man. if the Dallas Cowboys come out here and wet the bed against a team that finished, well, what, what was the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the terrible NFC South? Yeah. If they lose that game, it's over. I need somebody else. What do you think, came out? I want to hear the new mixtape myself. <laughs> I want to hear that. No, because I think Jerry is the person who, who puts the, the target on their back when he talks every week about this is the, one of the best teams we've ever had. Uh, you know, we are so close. I want, I think about it. I dream and I need it. You know, like all that stuff. And then you can't come out and lose in the wild card game. You he, but, can't. but you know what? He, and, and Kimberly brings up a good point. Jerry always talks about his roster. This, the roster he put together. Right. You know, you, you can't keep talking about the roster you put together and then at the end of the day, what results are you really getting out so of So that's it? an excellent question. So let me change the question. Because the real way, the best way to judge a coach is you look at the talent, you look at the players, and you say, did he achieve more than, less than, or about equal to what that talent should? What is the answer on Mike McCarthy? More. More. In this regular season, when you, lose than your, the talent? when you lose your starting quarterback, I did not, none of us projected the Cowboys as a Super right. Bowl contender right. before the season started. We didn't project them to have that run behind a backup quarterback, um, Cooper Rush, through the regular season. Like, that's exceptional coaching by Mike McCarthy. I would think that you think about the playoffs differently. It's like a single elimination tournament. There is some bit of randomness in that. If you have a coach who consistently gets you that point, that might be worth sticking with. When you said it was exceptional coaching, Chris Canty got a look on his face <laughs> that I need explained to me. Why? Well, what the hell do we call what Kyle Shanahan did in San Francisco this year? He's not great! Not only we, losing his, his first string quarterback, mm, but his second, second string yep. quarterback. And right now, correct me if I'm wrong, Greeny, the San Francisco 49ers have the shortest odds to get to the Super Bowl out of mm-hmm. the NFC. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm simply... Go ahead. No, I mean, ahead. if if he can get Kyle Shanahan to come to Dallas, then <laughs> fire Mike McCarthy. Okay, so let me. So can I? So can I ask you, you a get, question? Get your so red can, mink out. Okay, that, so that I know you got one. Well, I do have a red mink. So. Yeah, I want to bring, bring it. it. Yeah. No, hold on, hold on, one at a time. Go. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you you talk about the standard of how you know the backup, how the backup quarterback play. So how like 
On the flip side of that, your starting quarterback who's making $40 million a year and he's playing that way? How do, you how do you explain that? It's regressed. They scoring points. They getting buckets. And you act like they've been trashed. They haven't been trashed. Dak's been struggling in recent weeks with turnovers, but they still are effective on offense. They're overachieving from what I thought this so, was. And maybe that was poor analysis on my part, but most of us did not. So hold on. So, 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 a team, so a team that, that, that lost against Jacksonville, Struggled against the Houston Texans, struggled against the JV of the Tennessee Titans, and, the and, and, and lost to the Commanders. I'm, come on, bro. Like, what, 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 we, what we talking about here? We're talking about a team that I think is not playing as well as they should right now. But isn't over that the, coaching? Over the <laughs> isn't that coaching? Yeah, but over okay. The, you cherry picking a moment in the season. The season. I changed. literally landed, I literally gave you a quarter look, of the year. Look at the whole season. <laughs> I can go focus on that quarter of the year when Cooper Rush was in there and say, isn't that good coaching? Like it's. But December is the most important quarter of the year, right? I mean, the great teams oh. are the ones that are are peaking in the right moment, and the Cowboys certainly feel like. They're the opposite of that. Is it fair? Is it is it a reasonable assessment of the job that Mike McCarthy has done to say his job is on the line if he loses Monday night? Yes, I think it is. I, I absolutely think it is because at some point you have to recognize that you've got to find a coach to take advantage of the window that you've created because here's the deal, Degree G. You can't keep this core of players together forever. Mm -hmm. At some point, Trayvon Diggs is going to want his money. At some point, C.D. Lamb is going to want his money. Mike. You're paying a running back $20 million a year. You're paying your quarterback $40 million a year. You got Demarcus Lawrence on a huge contract. You can't keep these guys together forever. If Mike McCarthy can't take advantage of these guys, I don't know that Jerry Jones can burn another year hoping and wishing that Mike McCarthy turns into the head coach that can get it done. Because it doesn't matter what our analysis was, what we thought preseason about this team. It's what their owner thinks about this team. And if he's telling you the roster I have assembled is pretty damn good, and I expect us to get further than just the wild card game, and if they don't, Jerry Jones then has to answer questions. What gives you confidence that Mike McCarthy can actually get you there next year? And I don't know if, how many answers. He can't just say, well, we did well in the regular season. Here's the thing. The regular seasons have been good enough that he can justify bringing McCarthy back right. if he wants to. The question that I think Chris is asking is, why does he want to? If, if, you're, if you're 80 years old and you've waited as long as he has to get back to the biggest game and you have shown that this coach can maybe lead the horse to water but not necessarily make it drink, mm -hmm. maybe you want to make a change. And if someone like Sean Payton is available and interested – that might actually be the answer that I mean, puts it over the top. You're, you're assuming that making the horse drink is the most important thing and not riding the horse. I feel like Jerry <laughs> just wants to be in, in charge of the parade. He wants to be in front of the show. If, it, if, he has, if he could win another Super Bowl, but people say, man, Sean Payton sure did win that Super Bowl, not sure how happy Jerry mm. Jones would be about that ride. CJ, you, you, see, you, you preaching that gospel right Ooh. now. What we talked about in the first hour, we talked about like Sean Payton and how the fact that, that we don't see Sean Payton going to Dallas because you can't have two quote-unquote stars, Sean Payton and Jerry Jones. Uh -huh. Well, if, if, if Sean Payton is the best coach out there, doesn't he like? Why should that like? Shouldn't you? If you're Jerry Jones, shouldn't you want that? I don't know. Ask give Jimmy you Johnson. like Jimmy Johnson might be able to tell you something about that. <laughs> 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 Still ain't in the Ring of Honor, Hall of Fame, but he ain't in the Ring of Honor. And look, I mean, <laughs> Sean Payton. It doesn't have to work for ten years. It just has to work for, for one yeah. and win a championship, and all goes well. And, to, to remind everyone who doesn't know, Sean Payton was on the staff yeah. in Dallas He's once upon a time under Parcells. Those two men know each other very well. They've got little hijinks members sending each other expensive bottles of wine. There's a relationship between Jerry Jones 
Jones and Sean Payton that exists. I think that is one to watch for sure. In the meantime, as we continue, it might sound like hyperbole, but today could be the most important day the Ravens have had since Lamar Jackson got to town. We will explain exactly why. Plus, more from Dallas. Dak Prescott has not played like Dak Prescott this season. 15 picks in 12 games. What exactly is going on here, and can it be fixed in time for Monday night? Those are the questions. We'll have the answers as we get up here on ESPN. Come on, get up. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Meanwhile on Planet Earth is brought to you by 365 by Whole Foods Market. Hey, take a look at this, guys. Uh, Northern Illinois' Caleb Thornton <laughs> made a layup last night holding a shoe. <laughs> it's his own shoe, to be clear. What, what have you done to that? That's good. That's impressive. Not as impressive as I guess he must be left-handed because... It's not a wise move to put it in your right. No, but here's what I don't understand. The guy that has the ball initially, apparently he has good vision with the pass. You couldn't see that he's he holding was, his literally shoe. Like, Come on, bro. Don't <laughs> hold my shoe. <laughs> like, Finish the layup. The layup, right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> like, anyway, I kind of like it. It's a nice play there, and he's got the bucket. He's got the shoe. It all worked out well nice for Northern yeah, Illinois. Maybe. All right. Now it's time for that game that is sweeping the nation. It is Ooh, hello. Okay. Can he or can't he? Here we go, Chris. Can Aaron Rodgers turn down 60? million dollars and retire. Can he or can't he? He can't with the capital T, G. As a vet once told me in an NFL locker room, if you know how much money you have, you don't have enough. <laughs> don't turn down a $58.3 million option bonus. The Green Bay Packers got a few months to before they have to ultimately end up paying that out. Maybe they can find somebody to trade him to and pawn that off on them. But nah, he ain't retiring. That ain't gonna happen. <laughs> Next one. Can Jim Harbaugh fix Russell Wilson? Can he or can't he? No, he can't fix Russell Wilson. The best thing that Jim Harbaugh can do is make Russell Wilson not matter in terms of the outcome 
for his team week in, week out, similar to what Kyle Shanahan has done with the San Francisco 49ers. There's a reason why Russell Wilson had a career-worst six-game losing streak this season. He had career lows in completion percentage, touchdowns, and yards per attempt. I don't think there's no fixing Russell Wilson. He's washed up. Wow. The best thing Jim Harbaugh can do is coach around. Let's bookmark that and come back to it at some point. Meanwhile, <laughs> can Lamar lead the Ravens past the Bengals Sunday night if he plays? Can he or can't he? He can't, G. And I get how the Ravens offense is so much better with Lamar. They average 25 points per game when he's in the lineup, only 12 points per game when he's out. But Lamar Jackson ain't played football in over a month and a half, so there's going to be some rust. We talked about that with Jalen Hurts and why he needed to play in Week 18. Lamar Jackson is no different in terms of the impact of not playing football for a prolonged period of time. And then, of course, there is the specter of the contract situation that hovers over all of it. And Lamar has been stunningly durable, actually, through his first three seasons. He missed just two games. Now he's missed ten over the last two seasons, and to the point that Chris just made, they're three and seven without him. They're fifteen and nine with him. Their offense with him is outstanding. Their offense without him is just hideous and impossible to watch. So it does. To me, to me, it feels like there's a small picture, which is they've got a playoff game this weekend, and that's for most I love people. How that's the small. That's picture. the small picture. But with 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 Lamar, yeah. the big picture is a yacht, right? I mean, the big picture is his whole contract situation and everything else. So why is today? Such an incredibly important day for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, Kmart. Greeny, you just said it. They have a playoff game coming up. And today, Wednesday, that's typically the first, the most important day of the week from a prep standpoint. As players practice, you guys are locked into the team that you're playing. Lamar, it's been five weeks that he's been sidelined. Like, this is a long time. Yes, could he step out there without practice time and look good? But does anybody know? exactly which version of Lamar Jackson we're going to see. Because as of right now, it's unclear if he's going to be on the practice field today. And if he's not on the practice field today, then you only have two more days and you start to wonder, will he be out there at all? Here's what I, I there's a part of me that wants to say this. I want to posit this. And, and you tell me, Dominique, if I'm just overstating it. I feel like if he doesn't play this weekend, it will make me feel more than any point before that he has played his last game as a Raven. That if he's not out there on Sunday, and this is not in any way a criticism, I told you right. before, if I were him, I'd be standing on a sideline with a sign that says they suck without me. Yeah. <laughs> but but if, if he doesn't play this weekend, I feel like the divorce yeah. might really be on the way. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It makes it feel a little bit more likely because what the, we've been hearing out of the Ravens about this injury is uh, he's pretty close. Uh, maybe next week. Uh, he's pretty close. Maybe next week, which suggests to me that the feeling is that he could be out there, but he's choosing not to be, which speaks to how there could be some animosity or at least some resentment between the two, which I could completely understand, considering the fact that he, when he first walked in there and took over that job from Joe Flacco, they were out of the playoffs, talking about firing Harbaugh. He went 6-0, got them in the playoffs. The following year, he gets an MVP, and it's killing. Year after that, they don't get him the help that he needs, and he, he keeps being the core to this team. And then he says, pay me what these guys guys paid him and the Ravens say no like I could understand I think it's incredibly defensible for Lamar Jackson to be sitting there like look at this look what y'all got without me remember what it was like before me feel how it feels right now give me my money what do you think he would first of all if Lamar Jackson doesn't practice today I just feel so bad for for John Harbaugh because his his facial expressions over the last <laughs> month. He he's looks going so through it like you. He, on this he, show. Yeah, he's really going. He looks so tired, man. But uh, tired, boy. He, he's, he's very tired. tired. But I I just think that I, I agree with like if Lamar Jackson 
doesn't practice today, I think that's the I think that's the clearest sign that his time in Baltimore might be done. Like, yeah. how do you not practice if you've been if you've been if you've been off this long, you've been recovering. If you don't practice on a Wednesday, Wednesday is the is that's hey, the meat and potatoes of your preparation. If you don't practice today, man, I oh. Kmart to the point you made earlier. Almost never on any of my shows would I suggest a playoff game is the small picture. Yes. But this is a unique circumstance. Yeah. The people you talk to around the league, what? how do they expect the Lamar Jackson saga to play out? Well, when he didn't get that contract in the offseason, everyone kept saying, well, if he doesn't get it, they can always franchise him. They'll just franchise him. They'll just franchise him. And so that seemed to be what everybody was thinking because the Deshaun Watson of it all, that's what really threw a monkey wrench into all this. But – with Lamar, when we talk about Lamar, he's not like his personality. He's never been the selfish type. He's never been the guy who looks at me first and says, I got to do what's right for me. It's always about my brothers. It's always about playing for the team, for the city of Baltimore. Like that mm-hmm. means a lot to him, which is why we even saw him in week one when a lot of us were like, sit your behind down, because if you don't get paid, this could be an issue later in the season. I, it, from everything that I've heard, it doesn't sound like he's 100% healthy. So it's not – I don't want people to misconstrue this yeah. like, oh, he could play, but he's just kicking his feet up. I do think he's still compromised, but the contract situation looms large over this whole situation. Oh, by the way, they gave Roquan Smith a huge contract by extension yesterday, which some people were perceiving as sort of a slap in the face to Lamar Jackson. One way or another, it frees up the franchise tag during the offseason. Yeah. And a reminder, Chris, and you brought it up earlier – they can put the franchise tag on him. It doesn't mean he has to sign it. And that brings up a whole other level of possibility. Yeah, the fact that they got this deal done with Roquan Smith, making him the highest paid linebacker in league history, just gives merit to what Kimberly said. People around the NFL were saying about the Lamar contract negotiation, that if it goes left, mm-hmm. then they can always tag him. But I'm sitting here thinking to myself, gee, the level of disrespect that the Ravens are operating with mm-hmm. is offensive. And I'm not even Lamar Jackson. Yeah. It is offensive. Think about this. We're going to default to the franchise tag for a guy that's won an MVP, that's won a road playoff game, and that's 25 years old. When this dude decided that he was going to put it on the line for us coming into a season where he had no financial security beyond 2022, why would you then say, well, we're going to franchise tag you? I think that's just going to make it a more contentious relationship. And as this continues to go on, I think the door gets opened a little bit more for Lamar Jackson to walk out of it. Quick final word. I could understand the Ravens' position, not wanting to commit to anybody with that uh, level of money. But from Lamar Jackson's position, he's never been treated fairly. Mm-mm. He's never been talked about fairly by Mm-mm. anyone. Everyone always talks about him like he's not the he doesn't deserve the spot that he's in. Right. The one place where it felt like it was different was the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, when it's time to pay up that money, put your money where your mouth is, you can say you love me. Mm-hmm. You can say you built the offense around me. You can say all these things. You can thank me. You can make me the face of your organization. But if you don't pay me my damn money, all them words mm-hmm. don't mean nothing. Mm-hmm. Right, I have to leave that there for the moment. It, it is going to be fascinating to watch, and certainly we'll see the reporting. Does he practice today or not? In the meantime, another quarterback. Dak has not been sharp since his return from injury this season. Does he need to reverse that right this minute for his coach to keep his job. We'll answer that question and then we'll see if Neek can answer this one. By yardage, Dominique, mm-hmm. who is the NFL's all-time leading passer on Wild Card Weekend? The answer is next.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We are back with Sneaky Hembo. By yardage, who is the NFL's all-time leading passer on wild card weekend? Dominique Foxworth had absolutely no idea. <laughs> I had some idea. No, you had, you had some ideas. Your ideas, I heard them as you were thinking aloud. <laughs> they were just awful. I brought in my man numbers to come through <laughs> in the clutch and help me out. So please. I don't know if my numbers is right, but All I'm right. thinking about a quarterback that's always in the playoffs and a quarterback that didn't get the first round by. Of course, that means an AFC quarterback because that's been Tom Brady for the last two decades. So I'm going to go with Ben Roethlisberger. Ooh. I would never have let you come in here if you weren't right. It is Ben Roethlisberger followed by Drew Brees, followed by Brett Favre, followed by Peyton Manning. Not one of those names did Dominic Foxworth <laughs> say aloud as he was thinking uh, through all of this. Yes. It doesn't yeah. matter how we got that on yeah. <laughs> All right. The dunking is fair. I like it when Hembo loses. In the meantime, let's talk about Dak because he just keeps throwing interceptions. He tied Davis Mills for the league lead with 15 this year despite playing only 12 games. Here's Jerry Jones on Dak's interception issues. It's in Dak's DNA not to turn the ball over. His famous story that I often repeat is that he said more often than not when his mother saw him in the kitchen, she'd say, remember, no turnovers. (laughs) And so he's grown up thinking like that. So I have all the confidence in the world that he, as a player, has all the right balance of confidence or all the right balance of uh, aggressiveness as it pertains to a turnover. He understands turnover better than all of us put together. Just talking and That's just a lot of words. I mean, we all made the observation. It's a lot of words. Let's lose. Let's use fewer words to describe the situation. What did you say to me this morning, D. Wood? It's the worst season of Dak's career. Mm. Period. It really has. I mean, if you just look at the one thing about Dak over his career is, is Dak has usually been a guy that's taking care of the football. He usually sees the field well. This year, for whatever reason it is, Dak has turned over the football at a rate that we haven't seen throughout his whole playing career. He, I mean, I don't know even know what how to even attribute it to. He could be, you know, could it be him seeing the field, like I just said? Could it be the fact that his defense has been waning down the stretch and they're feeling the need to put some, put some points on the board? I don't know what it is. Maybe we have to hit up Tad about that or something like that. Mm. But, hit up man, the it's, I don't know. Look, it, it, sometimes like some things just seem inexplicable. Right. Like, that, this is so unlike – him. His, his history never suggests that these are going to be the problems. How do we explain them, Kimberly Martin? Well, I think what Jerry said is untrue. He said it's not in his DNA. Well, it is because he's literally doing it in front of our eyes. Yes, we haven't seen it to this point before, but there are are a lot of reasons why he could be. It could be simply as he's putting too much pressure on himself. When you think about time missed, when you think about the pressure that Jerry puts on this team just by being Jerry and talking, 
uh, having to overcompensate for for the defense, you know, their erratic play this season. And I think when you look at the Cowboys, everybody everybody has questions about Dak. Like it just seems like Dak is just one of those guys. He just seems like a polarizing figure. Everybody can't get on board with Dak's a good player. And, and I think for him, this is a pivotal moment because they've been here before in an opportunity to get to the playoffs, high expectations, and there is that pressure of, like, they need to get past the wild card round and potentially get to the Super Bowl. I'll disagree slightly. I think the question has always been, is Dak a great player? Mm-hmm. I think everyone agreed he was a good player. Mm-hmm. So why has he suddenly stopped being that? Like, wh- why is he suddenly turning the, the one thing a quarterback cannot do? Yeah. Why is he suddenly doing it? I think there are two things happening. He's putting the ball at risk more often, mm-hmm. and also, like, he's had some bad luck. Like, you look back at most of the, a lot of the recent interceptions, their tip balls, their drop passes mixed in there, the most recent weeks in uh, against Washington and against the Eagles, those were some really bad interceptions that were just poor throws and poor decisions and against Tennessee. So yeah. mixing those all together, I think it's all coming at a bad time. Dak needs to clean up his decision making, which I think part of that is drawing up some simpler stuff for him. Like we all revere Kyle Shanahan in part because he draws up stuff every now and then where the quarterback doesn't have to think. The quarterback has a play there to be made, and it's going to be there. Doing that for Dak would be nice. I'm with you, but here's the, <laughs> you're paying him to be a franchise quarterback. Yeah. And you can't go into a playoff game thinking, I have to coach around my quarterback. That's what they're doing in San Francisco, yeah. and brilliantly, because the guy was Mr. Irrelevant, right. and he's brought in a rookie. That's not the position the Cowboys should expect themselves to be in right now. No, Dak Prescott is going to have to be the difference in why the Dallas Cowboys beat the San Francisco 49ers and or the Philadelphia Eagles. Because if he can't be a force multiplier, it ain't going to happen against those two opponents. But, Greeny, back to what Wood said, this is a career-defining moment for Dak Prescott. And and just looking at what kind of season he has, it reminds me of what we saw from Eli Manning back in 2007 when he led the league in picks. He had 23 touchdowns to 20 interceptions. And everybody was on the fence about whether or not Eli was the guy. The team had been in the playoffs a couple of years prior to that. And Eli Manning went on a run as a wild-card team Four road wins to win the Super Bowl and beat the undefeated Patriots. And during that one, Eli Manning, six passing touchdowns to one interception. I think that's the opportunity that Dak Prescott has in front of him because that changed the perception of who Eli Manning was, not only with Giants fans, but around the NFL. Dak Prescott has that opportunity. Can he take advantage of it? I like that. Uh, you You can view this as an opportunity, which hopefully it is. We will see. Monday night, the whole world is at stake, it feels like. So much more football with this crew. Uh, as we continue this morning. But right now, I want to run the floor around the NBA. Bunch of interesting things happened last night. In Philadelphia, Joel Embiid had 36 points and 11 rebounds in a 36-point win over the Pistons. The Sixers are 13-3 since December 9th. That's the second best in the NBA over that span. Elsewhere, how about these numbers? In Miami, the Heat went 40 of 40 from the free throw line and beat OKC by one point. So they needed every one of those foul shots. Jimmy Butler alone went 23 of 23. Donovan Mitchell was back in Utah last night. He scored 46, but it wasn't enough. The Jazz with the win, 116-114. Mitchell has five 40-point games this year. That's already the most he's had in any season. And then most importantly, Steph Curry was back last night. Even though Golden State got blown out by Phoenix, a 12-point loss. Steph scored 16 points in the fourth quarter, finished with 24, and seemed to get it going as the night went on. And so here he is, the man himself. Jalen Rose is up with us 
us early this morning from Los Angeles. And Jay, obviously you and I, we do the NBA shows together. We've talked so much about the Warriors and the slow start that they have gotten off to. With him back in the lineup, do you expect themselves, do you expect them to look like a legitimate championship contender as we go forward? Actually, I do. And that's ignoring their poorest road record, regardless to whether Steph's in the lineup or not, Greeny. One of the things that did take place last night, you mentioned Steph Curry's return, also Andrew Wiggins' return. Both mm -hmm. of them struggled from the floor, field goal percentage-wise. Steph is clearly going to have to get used to playing with that arm sleeve after returning from his shoulder injury. Andre Iguodala's back into the lineup. So now the Golden State Warriors have at least built out depth. Klay Thompson got off to a good start. Clay, uh, Jordan Poole scored over 20. But let's give the Phoenix Suns some credit. Let mm -hmm. me just acknowledge something. No Booker, CP3, no Shamit, no Ayton, no Payne, no Johnson, and no Crowder. They had lost six straight games. And Monty Williams brings his team to Golden State the night Steph returns and gets a win. Did you see Dario Saric out there? He was looking <laughs> like the Joker. I'm like, hold on, is Denver playing or is Phoenix <laughs> playing? And shout to Mikael Bridges, who shows up every night. Mikael Bridges has not missed a game to start his young career. He was terrific last night. Washington gave him good minutes. Again, I want to give the Phoenix Suns so much credit because they were up 27 points at some point in the game. And so Steph is back. We'll see what happens with them. Again, Phoenix has also been up and down this year. Next up is Brooklyn, where things just, it seems, aren't meant to go well for the Nets. When they're finally playing great and they're finally winning, they've won 18 out of 20 games. Now they're going to be without KD for about a month. Jalen, do you expect them to hang in there, to hold it together until Durant comes back? Holding it together for me puts them in the second tier, Greeny, of teams behind a healthy Bucks. who, by the way, I'm starting to worry about Milwaukee the more Middleton is missing games and the Boston Celtics. Those two teams, healthy, have distinguished themselves. And then the tier under that, the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Nets. So, yes, if Kevin Durant is healthy, if Kyrie Irving is healthy, they keep competing the way they've done defensively with Ben Simmons and Royce O'Neal and Claxton doing a great job of switching, making it tough on the opponents. Yes, they have a puncher's chance, but I definitely don't see them as a favorite in the East. Now, we'll see. Again, KD is having, a for those not following closely, an MVP caliber season, and now he's going to be out for about a month's time. All right, one last thing, and I hate to bring this up. Jim Harbaugh, the coach of your beloved Michigan Wolverines, seems to be sniffing around the NFL again. How do we feel this morning, Jalen Rose? Tupac said it. I ain't mad at you. And here's why. <laughs> he did a great job coaching in the NFL before returning to Michigan. And the thing about it, he's probably better on that level than he's been on the collegiate level. But let me rewind the clock a little bit. You remember a few years ago, when people were shouting that we should fire Jim Harbaugh. And I remember sitting in that seat with you every day, time and time again. And now look what has happened. We're returning elite players to the NFL again. We have a quarterback under center that's a dual threat in J.J. McCarthy. We've waxed the Ohio State Buckeyes two years in a row. But I ain't going to lie. That, that TCU loss, that hurt. That really hurt. Especially to see them get beat by Georgia the way they did. But in all honesty, he's earned the opportunity. And if he chooses to go to the NFL, 
I and our fans should not be mad at them. And last but certainly not least, are we going to talk about the Lions? Are are we going to talk about the Lions? Let's let's celebrate the the best team to not make the playoffs in the history of the NFL, okay? (laughs) Our guy Dan Campbell has done a terrific job of turning around the culture. And I see all you and your football experts picked against the Lions. But then one guy, one guy whose jersey hangs up on the wall in the building, Greeny, said, I'm going with the Lions. You picked our squad, Greeny. I saw you. Aiden Hutchinson and our boys got it done. And my guy, under center, and my Terrell Owens voice, my my quarterback, he wears number 16, Jarrett Montana. That's right. He's too good to just beat golf. He's Jarrett Montana. I'll play Aaron Rodgers in the final game of the season. The Lions and Jamal Williams, who was terrific, scoring touchdown this year past um, Barry Sanders' record. The Lions are on an uptick, baby. We can all agree. Jalen, I'll see you Friday night for the MVP. At the NBA, excuse me. He is the MVP. Love you, my brother. We got good basketball coming your way tonight. A star-studded doubleheader. We will see Giannis and the Bucks taking on Trey Young and the Hawks. Uh, that's tonight the early game. Then we got the Joker and the West leading Nuggets taking on CP3 and the Suns. Coverage will start with NBA Countdown 7 Eastern on ESPN. All right, coming up, Nick Sirianni said Jalen Hurts Hurts like hell after his return against the Giants. We'll tell you exactly what is at stake for that one wing on the most important of the Eagles as we fly on. Let's get up on ESPN. We're back on Get Up. So we did the opposite of this a little bit earlier today. Let's talk about why teams might lose this weekend if they should. D-Wood. If the Bucs lose this weekend, why would it be? Why will they lose to Dallas? Well, we know that Tom Brady set like set a record for attempted passes in the season, right? Yeah. The one thing that the Dallas Cowboys do well is get after the quarterback. So that that right there being that one-dimensional, that one-sided on the ball could be a hindrance for Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right, Kmart, I'll come to you yes. next. If the Seahawks lose to San Francisco, why? Why will they lose? So, Green, you got two division rivals playing in a must-win playoff game, right? This game, they know each other intimately. It's going to come down, down to who takes care of the football. There is no secret sauce here. So, if Geno Smith doesn't protect the football, if his O-line doesn't keep him upright, if his receivers are off on their rights, if they're not running the right routes, it could be a long day for the Seattle Seahawks. And then I feel like a lot of people are picking the Giants to win at Minnesota. Canty, if they don't, why will Big Blue lose to the Vikings? Well, it's going to be turnovers, G. The Vikes are top 10 in takeaways, and when these two teams played on Christmas Eve, the Giants had two-plus territory turnovers and a block punt in the fourth quarter that led to a touchdown. Daniel Jones has done a great job of taking care of the football this year. But this is his playoff debut, and last year, quarterbacks making their playoff debuts not named Joe Burrow were over, and each of them had multiple turnovers. All right, so those are teams playing this weekend. Now let's go to Philly. They're not playing this weekend. They get to sit back and hopefully watch their quarterback get healthier. Jalen Hurts continues to nurse an injury to the throwing shoulder after playing this past weekend. Here's the coach Nick Sirianni on his ailing QB. We're fortunate that we have two weeks to for the, till the next time we play. He's going to be a little bit more healthy than when he was, uh, you know, obviously the other day. He came out of that game sore because it's still healing. We didn't feel like we were putting him at any more risk of getting more injured, but we knew it was going to hurt him like hell, and he knew it was going to hurt him like hell. 
quote, hurts like hell, uh, is not the phrase you want to hear about your quarterback. What is at stake in the long run for Jalen Hurts? I think the health of Jalen Hurts' shoulder will determine who wins the NFC. Mm -hmm. And I, looking at Nick Sirianni, looks like he needs to buy a week more than anybody. <laughs> but also the idea that they put their quarterback out there and said, we don't think we're putting him at greater risk. <laughs> like That, to me, jumped out to me. It's like, yeah, he's playing football. He's at greater risk. And if you want to win the Super Bowl, I think even though uh, Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers have been able to have success multiple seasons without their starting quarterback, you have to remember that they traded everything to get a difference maker at quarterback. At some point in the playoffs, you're going to need somebody to be the difference maker. And for the Eagles, that guy's Jalen Hurts. Well, maybe the point that he – I'm not trying to put words in his mouth – but maybe what he means is they didn't call all those designed runs. They didn't do the things that generally put Jalen Hurts in harm's way. Mm -hmm. Can they be effective if he doesn't do that in the playoffs? If for whatever reason, Chris Canty, he isn't able to do all those things that we've grown accustomed to seeing him do. Can they still win a championship that way? No, no. I don't think they can beat the San Francisco 49ers with the defense that they're bringing to the party unless Jalen Hurts can be a focal point of the running game. And in this season, you're talking about the Eagles. Half their games, they called more run plays than passing plays. So they've got to be able to establish the run in order for the offense to be as dynamic as we've seen. Now, one of the saving graces that they have on the defensive side of the ball is that they can rush the passer better than anybody in the league. They got 70 sacks this year. 54 of those sacks came on a four-man rush. So they have the formula to be able to run the table in the NFC and get to the Super Bowl. But if Shane Steichen and Nick Sirianni don't feel comfortable dialing up those quarterback runs, I don't know that that offense is going to be the same and can score enough points in order to get that done. So, D. Wood, Dominique just said, if he's healthy, if he's himself, they win the NFC. And if he's not, they don't. Do you agree with that? A healthy Jalen Hurts means the Eagles go to the Super Bowl. I would probably have to tend to agree. I think, but I will say this, I don't think there's that much of a difference between the, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers. Mm -hmm. San Francisco 49ers, their brand of ball travels everywhere, anywhere, any condition. Mm -hmm. they, can, they, can go, they can go toe to toe with anyone. But I do think when you get to the postseason, those players that can, go, that can play above the X's and O's, those are the guys that usually kind of determine outcomes of games. And for Philadelphia, Jalen Hurst is the type of guy that can play above that and can be the catalyst for why the Philadelphia Eagles are in the Super Bowl. The interesting thing about the 49ers is. They've been here already. You might say, okay, they're down to their third quarterback. But collectively, as a team, they've been in this position. Last year, they snuck into the playoffs. This year, we've sh they've shown that it doesn't necessarily matter who's at quarterback. They've got everything else around them, and they have a really good head coach. When you look at the Eagles right now, Everything that got them to this point of having the, the first round by, all that, you want to see that. You want to see that Eagle team in the playoffs. And right now, we're questioning whether we're going to see exactly what got them to this point when the, when the playoffs start. Like, that is not a situation you want to be in. Good thing for them and Jalen Hurts that he has two weeks to rest because this is an Eagles team that has 16 more explosive plays than any other team in the NFL. The reason for that is Jalen Hurts, and if he is compromised, then it's a huge problem. I got a question. Does it bother you that the Philadelphia Eagles, we saw clearly what the Philadelphia Eagles look without Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. Does that bother you that one man, as, as well-built as the Philadelphia Eagles, their roster is, that you subtract one man, or if he's not 100%, that it makes that much of a difference. Didn't you say that about a lot of teams, though? Yeah, yeah but I'm, I mean – 
Yeah. What we just talked about, San Francisco Four Nine, they got interchangeable QB, and they still like a like a well-oiled machine. They yeah. still go. They're an that's anomaly, a, right? I mean, yes, that, because that's that is unique. years in the making, and you have Kyle Shannon. That's a roster built. You know what I mean? Like they've been through this a lot. You take the quarterbacks off any of the big AFC teams, and they're probably just as questionable, right? I want to ask you one quick thing. Does momentum matter at this point? Because the Eagles, <laughs> best team all year long. Love that have it, Not peaking now. Same with the Cowboys. 49ers are. Does that matter? No. I mean, I think it's different. Momentum to me is just so abstract. It's, if they're not playing well, they have injuries, yes, that's a problem. That ain't they're momentum. Not that, well. That's what that momentum means. That's not what momentum means. It's, it's, they are not playing well because they are coming off of injuries. They have concerns. They're not not playing well because <laughs> they just are on a, a bad streak. Like, what are we like, doing? Like, reason for What are we doing it. on this show? No, Come my on. point is, don't say momentum if there are actual reasons for it. If your quarterback's shoulder hurt, if you tackle is out. That's the reason why they're not playing well. Not because of some foolishness like, oh, they just got momentum. What about I, that? I, I am going to look up the, dif- the dictionary you, definition somebody. of momentum during this break so that I can uh, combat my buddy that. over here. Alright, rolling on here. Tomorrow night we got Hockey Night. Uh, our matchup is the Maple Leafs and the Red Wings. Coverage begins 7 Eastern from Hockey Town. That's tomorrow night on ESPN and the ESPN app. Alright, Jerry Jones says he doesn't want to talk about Mike McCarthy's future. Stephen A. and the Mad Dog, they do. How secure do they think McCarthy is in Dallas? They'll tell you. Top of the hour. First take here on ESPN. All right, back on Get Up, and as we finish for the day, I just want you to feast your eyes on the many expressions that Damian Woody made today. He, he, he's, he's gone through the ringer today. He's, he's experienced it all. There's one look. We got another one there. Look at him. Uh, he's a little skeptical. No, it's been good, man. Yeah. Know, this show was this show was definitely popular, man. It was definitely <laughs> popular. My faces were something, but it was. The only thing that's missing is the church fan. Well, no, no, I got you. I got you. That church fan. We'll see you tomorrow. First day starts now.